Okay, so this week I'm joined by Michael Tegas. He is the developer of an app called Focused Work, uh, which you may well have heard of already. Michael, how did you get into app development? Hey, Dave. Um, so that started back in 2014 um, as I was finishing my final year of uni. So uh, I studied a Bachelor of IT and... Um, at that point in time, I uh, just wrapped up a uh, IT support internship that I, I did through uni, and um, the final year, uh, both semesters actually had a mobile subject um, for for each of them. And um, yeah, the first semester was iOS development, um, and the second semester was Android development. And um, at that time, I was a massive fan of Android phones back then. Yep, and. Um, yeah, like I was, I was the embodiment of anti Apple because of, uh, I guess, like the flexibility of um, modding your phones, right? So you you were all about that custom ROM, Android kind of world, pretty much. Um, actually, I remember like yeah, Jelly Bam ROMs. That, that was a that was a big thing back then. Um, I, I think this was actually before Cyanogen mod. I think. Yeah, yeah I think this, that was this, it. So I. I never used it but i had a friend who was just as passionate as you're describing um and very very anti-apple at the time actually so that that was a basis for a lot of our conversations yeah yeah so i said to everyone back then uh that they owned an iphone right um you're better off just like upgrading to a, to a galaxy s3 because um i refuse to use an iphone if they uh, if you didn't jailbreak it um yep. if you didn't jailbreak it and um yeah, it, it was a, um, I guess, like a tricky thing to, um, I guess, explain because I was so techie and uh, I, I guess I was fighting an uphill battle, like telling my parents and like my relatives and stuff uh, why Android <laughs> was better, right? And they're all like, nah, nah, iPhones are better, iPhones are better. And it's pretty funny, like five years later, they're all like pro Samsung and- The tables have turned. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what brought you into, into app development itself for the iPhone? Um, so towards the, uh, well, as I said, I was, I was a massive Android fan, right? And, um, I didn't touch iPhone development until I was well into freelancing because, uh, after I finished uni, right? Um, I was all doing, I was, I was all, uh, all about building Android apps. Material design was a, was a big thing, right? And, yep. um, the biggest sort of factor that, um, stood out to me was, uh, once the what well, I was working with a friend at the at a certain point in time um, doing subcontracting and he he ended up uh, suddenly quitting freelancing. Um, he hired me to like help him out uh, doing some Android development work, right? And um, I'll, I'll, half of his projects involved uh, a number of iPhone apps. And okay, so so you've got the two on the go. Uh, were you just doing the Android at the time? Yes, I was just doing the Android app, and um, once he quit, um, he actually handballed a lot of his clients onto me. Okay. And uh, yeah, like a, a whole bunch of them were well iPhone apps, right? And um, it was a bit of a wake up call, like if I wanted to uh, adopt these clients, right, and continue on, because it's not every day that uh, someone that you're working with, right, quits their business and handballs all their clients onto you. I mean, it's that, that's <laughs> no. like the best thing to happen. Yep. But all of a sudden, you've got these clients, they've got these apps. And you've got to then learn iOS on the spot. Is that pretty much what happened? Yeah, it was. And it was pretty tricky to begin with, honestly, because uh, the only experience I had with iPhone development was uh, back at uni um, doing, oh, what was it? I think it was iOS 7 at the time. This is 2014, right? So yeah, um, I think, yeah, the shift uh, from iOS 6 to iOS 7 happened, right? And um, Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, and uh, I think that was the year as well when Arc came in. Like, this was before my time before I was building iPhone apps. But, um, yeah, memory management, pretty sure, was like a like a big thing in yeah. um, in iOS development at the time, right? And, like, thankfully, I didn't need to learn that, right? But still, I still remember, like, uh, as I was progressing through that semester of uni, I had to pick up things like core data, delegates, yeah. and... Like all, all of this just went over my head, right? It's it's uh, it, it was really um, it was like it was a paradigm shift that like to that point in uni, right? All I'd done is just Java development, right? And that's why I was so excited for the second semester, how I got to do Android, right? Because I already knew all these skills that I learned throughout the first three quarters of my degree. 
it all just links together at that point the the java and the android it's all all one world yeah it was like it was like perfect match right and um i had to learn um i I pretty much had to relearn everything when it came to uh uh, like adopting these clients uh, and building their iphone apps right and that it was fun because at that time i think swift 2.0 I think it was just Swift 2 at that point in time um, yep. had been announced, right? So, I didn't... I was so glad I didn't need to learn Objective-C again because I'd completely forgotten it, erased <laughs> it from my brain. And uh, at that time as well, with Android apps, Kotlin was starting to become a big thing, right? And yeah. uh, I, I was pro, arch- like, uh, having the best architecture for your Android apps back then. Like, that was... I mean, it's a bit silly in hindsight now pitching that stuff to clients, right? But How so? Um, just just in terms of that was perhaps something you were concerned about, but they weren't. Or, um, well, <laughs> when you talk, I, I guess like my my general sort of uh, type of client is um, is one that isn't technically versed, right? Uh, yeah. Mobile architecture means nothing to to most clients, right? Um, because they hire because clients hire you to I guess move the needle for them, right? And get the job yeah. done. Um, and like they don't really care too much about um, what it takes in between start to finish, right? They just want to see yep. the end end result, right? And that you've done a good job. In 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 my experience as well, that it tends to be the client that really does care about that sort of thing um, is one that's perhaps been burnt in some way before. You know, so they're coming to you like, I want this built in this way because actually they've had a previous developer that other people haven't been able to take on their work, for example, but. You know, it's very rare that you find somebody mm. that's that's really you don't find that on a a common basis. You know, that's that's not a normal thing. Yeah, and that's true. I've had conversations with people that have asked me, uh, I guess, like tips on how to hire developers, right? Uh, that know their stuff because uh, they like they start talking to me about all this architecture stuff. I'm like, how do you know about all this? And <laughs> it t- turns out, yeah, they've like spoken to other people. Um, because I've had a bad experience, um, yeah, with like their, their tech stack, right? And it's actually causes them prod- problems with their product. So whereabouts are we in time at this point? I'm sort of thinking, how far away are we from from now? As I said with uni, right, that was in 2014. And when I first um, had to professionally develop iPhone apps, that was that was around mid-2017, I'm pretty sure, for memory. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. Um, it's what are we now we're like towards the end of 2020 so three years ago yes i've been doing ios development now professionally for three years android development for another three years before that um and yeah it's um honestly like it's been the most fun experience to actually jump into that sort of world uh i was like i said i was a big I was a massive Android fanboy, right? And um, I was all about like material design and MVP architecture and... Yeah. Um, yeah, like shifting to the... Uh, at the time, I think I was running a Galaxy Note 3, right? When I had to start developing iPhone apps and um, the uh, I think at that point in time, um, the iPhone 8, I'm pretty sure, had just been announced. That sounds about right, yeah. So we had the... 2016 we had the iphone 7 so yeah the next year was the the iphone 10 the biggest thing that stood out to me was uh 3d touch right like that blew that that blew me away completely shifting from um actually no i, I was using a pixel at the time I, I had moved on from uh the note 3 and yeah just just that whole sort of uh feeling of being able to uh, like press harder on the screen right and things would happen um that that was massive like i remember that and uh, I still, yeah, like look back to what a year and a half later when they, uh, when when Apple announced the iPhone XR, and and I guess like it, what was even worse with uh, iOS 13, right, is that they had nerfed it, um, that you could actually feel like when you when you press your thumb on the screen, um, it, there was still a delay, right? Like it wasn't instant compared to iOS 12, where you just like, peek and pop pretty much everything. I think that was a term. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I still miss it every now and again, actually. I've been on a 10R now for, I don't know how long, at least 18 months. Um, and every now and again, I, I still miss it. Uh, but I must say, I, I, I miss it a lot less um, 
now with iOS uh, 14 and, and just where we are now, I think I, I've gotten used to it a, a fair bit now too. So it, it's funny. I think this is going to be one of those those things that in the course of time um, we'll probably have fond memories, but it's not going to matter that much. Yeah, and it's, uh, I guess, like me, like with me, it feels like I'm living in the past still like having it switched on on my phone because i'm trying to uh i guess develop experiences right that uh involve yep. using uh 3d touch or happy haptic touch now right um and i've yeah i've I've realized this where like i'd i'd go and build something and like a little interactive feature right and um i'd have people reaching out to me saying oh uh, it's taking too long to like access this like this menu on the phone wherever that might be like tucked away um yep. that's open via haptic 3d touch right um so i'm half tempted to actually just switch off the feature and then like eventually when i upgrade to the next iphone right um, yeah you'll be living in the same sort of world at that yeah. point yeah and yeah. it's I, I guess it's like not not doing not doing me any favors right no i guess not it's um it's certainly an outgoing sort of thing um but uh it's kind of interesting that you're you're building it out in that way, though, and that you've you've still got that sort of functionality uh, going on quite a bit in some of your apps. Yes, yes, I do. Um, yeah, in uh, my my current app that I'm working on now, Focus Work. Um, yeah, well, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. Um, yeah. So one of the uh, uh, like, so when you open up the app, right? you get to see your, your current focus session and there's like a, like a card you can tap on, right. Um, to, to, um, switch between, uh, different sort of configurations for it. And, um, yeah, if you long press on that card, right. Um, it allows you to sort of see an in progress, um, state of like where you are. Right. And I'm yeah. using it on my phone and it's taking like, like a fraction of a second to sort of have a quick sort of peak um okay. at where things are and yeah i've had people like reach out to me on twitter and um say yeah i don't think this is like the best ux decision to um like view view this sort of list of um like where you're at uh, okay so so i think that that'll be stuff that you'll you'll naturally it's right on and, and and tweak over time yeah yeah i'd say so um and that all starts with switching off the feature which uh i'm, I'm looking at buying the uh the new 12 pro uh i haven't decided yep. on the 12 pro max yet but either way uh yeah like it's coming to the end and i, I guess i'll just cut my losses and i have to be i have to stop being sad about it eventually <laughs> so how many I, I'm i'm getting this picture of you as a developer you've you've uh landed these clients you're supporting their apps now we're sort of in 2017 time so it's kind of three years ago from there to now what how how did you kind of then sort of start going okay i'm going to put my own apps into the app store what what really sort of pulled you into developing your own apps um what what was the first app that that you did um oh the first app that i'd, I'd ever done um uh, that... the first app that you did for the store for yourself Okay, so I'll actually uh, I'll go I'll go a bit further back. So because I, th- I think this is a good story. So um, this is this is in context of the Play Store, right? When I, my first ever mobile app, right? Full stop. Uh, it was called Death by Caffeine. Okay. When I when I tried to release it originally, I think I I got hit with some Google bots with like the type of terminology I was using in the app description. So I had to work my way around that. But yeah, like that that final year of uni, right? The final semester was Android development, and um, like this is where it all began for me. Was like before the end of the semester, I had to do a portfolio project, um, and that involved building a an app uh, that would obviously tick a lot of boxes that I need to sort of fulfill for the end of the year, but the, my lecturer at the time, uh, he threw out a bit of bait to everyone and said, the best apps uh, that get submitted will be shortlisted by myself and uh, you, you'll have the chance to pitch the app in front of a couple of Samsung executives, uh, which they'll come in, right? And um, yeah, like uh, for, for the reward to, um, yeah, I guess have the be crowned the best app right and um that that really that really got me going like like i was i was super motivated that i just wanted to smash this out of the park from the second that i heard that 
um, because like I've always wanted to um, yeah develop experiences that people can hold in their hand right so um, that's where death by caffeine started and uh, the premise of the app was pretty much to I actually looked this up on the Play Store before because if you search for it it's still up there um, for the Australian store only I, I don't know why I can't find it on like the New Zealand store the US store uh, but yeah, like the, the title of it, um, title of the description was uh, find the best cafes around you and track your caffeine content. Um, <clears throat> so basically what this app did was uh, it, uh, it basically helped you find all the best cafes around, around where you were. So within a short walk yep. or down the block, right? Uh, and you could sort of view this in a list or um, display it all in Google Maps, right? Uh, with yep. like an integrated map um, with heat map and stuff. Um, you could also uh, find any trending cafes nearby on Twitter, which I, I think was like pretty cool to get working. Leveraging that's like the, quite a nifty feature. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is this is for someone that's like still in the middle of uni, right? And um, yeah, it, like integrating with third party APIs and stuff was just all new to me. I didn't like. I just kind of just went with it, right? And um, I didn't mention like with with searching for all the cafes around you, right? Uh, that integrated with Foursquare, which was massive at the time for finding restaurants and whatnot. Um, and uh, I had another feature as well that allowed you to sort of track your caffeine throughout the day. Um, so you could basically punch in like what drink you had, right? And it would show you the caffeine content, like the average caffeine content for it. Yeah. And um, yeah, you could also a- analyze that sort of consumption level uh, against your age group to determine if you've consumed a safe amount or you've drunk too much coffee for the day right <laughs> um, i don't think i'd want to know yeah for myself <laughs> that's uh, yeah I, I, yeah i can vouch for that exactly the same and um yeah you could also like put in your age group as well right so um if you're like still a teenager which you probably shouldn't be drinking coffee uh at, at such an early age but um it was all a novelty thing anyway and um yeah, that that was uh, I guess like the sort of like core features that I wanted to release into the app, right? And I kept pestering my lecturer like every single day, um, like is this a good sort of like tweak? Like I was just sending him screenshots, right, and APK, right, just to sort of get that feedback. Yeah, and like I reckon, he, I reckon, like surely I pissed him off by the end of the semester because <laughs> I, I like I just kept asking him questions and questions and questions, right? And so you've um, got this, you've got this app is going absolute gangbusters just sort of getting it out um to, to meet this goal of presenting it back at the end of uh, end of term is it oh yeah the um, end of the semester yeah yeah and, and um, um so how did it go what what did the samsung people think did, did you get to sort of present it all back to everyone yes i did um yeah uh i i feel like with the amount of uh times i i pestered the lecturer i think he just he just gave up and then he's like yeah you can you can present to the like you, you can do a pitch to the samsung executives like it'll be fine and yeah like um I, I still remember that day like very distinctly because uh it was a it was a big build up to it because at that time that lecturer was running um his name's raj by the way i gotta give him credit that like he, he was running a uh a an innovation lab at uh at my university right and uh long story short that that uh that lab um works on MVPs for startups, right? Um, yep. And I, I guess that w- that's a segue to like my first proper gig, right, in, in mobile development. But um, I'll get to that point. Um, but with with uh, yeah, the the pitching to the Samsung executives, right? I remember like it was um, it was it was held in like a proper lecture, uh, like like a lecture lecture hall, right? And um, you could fit maybe about a hundred people in there, I reckon. I think fifty people rocked up, or maybe around forty to fifty people, and um. There was five of us, and I remember that um, I remember three of the five apps off the top of my head. One was an assignment submission app, which is which is pretty cool. Um, I remember the second app being a barcode scanning app for groceries that you buy from uh, the supermarket, right? And I think it was about how to recycle that product. Um, yep, in the best way, right? Um, but you got to, to to display your app in front of these these guys. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, and then mine was like, yeah, I was the last one to go up, right, and presenting death by caffeine, and I'd worked like every night for a good two months on this app to like make sure that there was no bugs and stuff, and 
for someone that's still at uni, like everything was stuck together with gaffer tape, right? I mean, I, I kept, I kept the, uh, I kept the source code. I've kept the source code on GitHub all these years later, right? And I've looked through it in the past, and like, I just smile at like how I managed to like put it all together, right? But um, yeah, yeah. So um, basically, um, I had uh, so I was the last, I was the last person to go up, and um, yeah, stood behind the uh, the desk, and they had an overhead projector on the table, right? Um. That basically, it was like one of those old school things how like you switch on the light and you, you usually used to, be, used to put like plastic slides over it, right? And um, yeah. back at, this was for me back in primary school anyway and like it project onto like a big screen, but for I some like reason- things, yeah. 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 Like for some, um, for some reason, this one uh, was a little bit different and how you could actually put a mobile phone on it and it would just blow up the screen. Um, Sweet. And yeah, that, that was pretty cool. And um, yeah, like I said, I went through- uh, I um I went through all the the features uh, that I, I mentioned just before, right? And um, I was well, I was I was keeping an eye on the Samsung executives, and they were smiling throughout the whole sort of thing. And like I'm thinking, like, oh, they're either like they're either talking shit, or they're like really loving this. I'm like, I have my fingers crossed. I'm like, I hope I hope, I hope they really like this. And um, I remember like after I said the uh, I spoke about the last feature, right? Um. They uh they started clapping uh, and like I did my little like head nod like to to uh, say thank you and um as I was about to walk off right I tried to like pull in the worst like Steve Jobs impersonation and be like oh and there is one more thing <laughs> and then everyone looked up at me and then so at the time right like at the um at the at the, at the time uh Android smart watches were uh, a big uh, like oh well, I'm not sure, I, I guess you would say they were a big thing at the time right but yeah they um, were they were on their way yeah but uh, I, uh, I, I was wearing a um I was wearing a Moto 360 right and I, I love that. that that was a that was a good smartwatch and I still got it today um it's a nice circular sort of design right with a flat tire on the screen um yeah. that cuts off along the bottom right and um yeah I had uh, secretly been cooking up a, a feature to. Uh, talk between like to transfer data between the watch and and the app right so yep. after i said that i walked back to the projector and i took my watch off put it on the display right and everyone was just like staring at me like just give me a blank stare and um <laughs> i switched on the um yeah like i i opened up the app uh, yeah i opened up the app and um i opened up the feature uh the caffeine tracker feature and um i punched in like okay cappuccino uh medium size and then uh hit save right and had the phone like right next to it and you could see like it, it instantly update right but as soon as that screen updated everyone just started cheering and like clapping Brilliant. yeah it was like it was, it was a pretty surreal moment um and yeah like they they just they just absolutely loved it right and yeah um i walked away for like a good five or ten minutes or they walked away for a good five or ten minutes while i was just standing around waiting and talking to people and um yeah they came back and um they did the top three and yeah i was lucky enough to take out that award right and um i still kept the 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 little poster that was like my first ever mobile achievement right um yep uh yeah and that was like a really uh fun memory right and i guess it like that that's what lit the fire inside me to uh to continue this right like i was already on i was already i was already on like uh i was i was onto something um and I really wanted to like sort of continue and see where that would take me because um, when I was doing my uni internship, right, I was doing IT help desk support, and honestly, that that was just boring. Like that was really really boring. So you you had this had this brilliant experience, um, you know, being able to sort of show this project off and, and getting all of that 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 award and that feedback, and um, it sounds like that fueled you sort of into your mobile career. I'm wondering when you made the jump into to iPhone development, was it a version of that app that you kind of went, Oh, I want to bring that to iOS or, or was there something else that you, um, you know, that sort of sparked that to, to set you off into your first iPhone app? Um, well, to be honest, I actually made a version of the app before I built the Android app, but that was just strictly for the, the iOS subject portfolio. And instead of finding all the best cafes around you, it was- <laughs> Funnily enough, I'm Greek, right? So um, I, I made it. I made like a souvlaki tracker, so you could find all the best souvlaki places <laughs> around you. 
And I, I, I did this intentionally because um, I knew the person at the end of the semester that was going to review my app was Greek. And I'd speaking to him a, a few times in the past, right? So I know I'd get on his good side if I did that, right? But um, I, like that, that being said, right? I knew like, so, like an app like this, right? It's, it's, um, it was pretty cool in concept, right? But at the end of the day, like you had Foursquare. I think Zomato was a thing or Urban Spoon yep. back then, right? Yeah. Um, so I knew I wouldn't, like there, there wouldn't be much of a point, right? And um, yeah, like I landed, uh, because of um, this whole experience with pitching my Android app, right? Um, the lecturer that was running that innovation lab uh, hired me and he uh, put me on like a three-month internship at the innovation lab and I worked on a staff and management platform app, right? And um, yeah, like I just went from there pretty much until um, I, w- I worked for that startup for a year and a half afterwards, which which takes you to mid-2017. So. Uh, right. This was before 2014 to mid 2017, but um, yeah, like from then, like after I'd gone out and freelanced on my own, right, and decided that like, I think I think it's time for me to uh, put out my own app and uh, like see. Uh, I mean, it's easy to like create apps for clients, right, and like make something really awesome for them. But yep. at the end of the day, you're you're kind of in a safety net when it comes to that, um, and. Like your head is on the line, but it's not really on the line because... You, well, it is only for one aspect of it. You've not got the marketing, you've not got the design, you know, by and large. The, 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 they've come to you with what they want to be built. So yeah. like half the, half the thinking is done already, right? Yeah, like you, you don't really have to do much of the hustle, only the late nights, right? And making sure that, <clears throat> making sure that you get what you said done, right? And... um. I wanted to like I, I felt through through my experience working for a startup and helping other startups that I could definitely tackle this myself. Like I've seen it before, I know I know what it takes. Um, it, it it all depends if I've got the tenacity to see it through to the end, right? Because um, it, it's so easy to start a side project and open up like your like your Xcode or your Android Studios, right? And um, keep start ha- start hacking away, right? But um, at the end of the day, you need to uh, like really sit back and sort of get an understanding of whether this project will make a will move the needle in some way for you. Um, yep. And yeah, like having seen other business owners do that, um, I felt that I there was something for me to give there. And I, I know I'd always wanted to sort of put my own spin on what I think makes a great mobile app um yeah so tell me how you sort of approached all of this for for focused work because i know that you've had you've had this journey with its development and um you know you've published uh publicized some of its early development online uh that's that's i think that's how come we met actually if i if i think about that that's how come we've we've crossed paths online um, yeah yeah i think so, so. Uh, like you i remember i distinctly remember um reaching out to you or you reached out to me uh after i had posted my first twitter post pretty sure it was yeah it was my first tweet uh about focus work that had released and um i think you were the one i think you you were one of the uh one of the people to reach out to me i'm pretty sure and we, yeah. we started talking um it was actually pretty funny story of how, how um i discovered this actual podcast right because um i was listening to waiting for a review but uh i was also speaking to someone so yeah i, I was I was, I was listening to waiting for a review right and um the episode that i listened to at, at that point in time right i uh, was speaking um uh, like it was obviously you and and dave were talking um talking about concussion how you um you, you hurt your head uh earlier in the year right and uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, after I shared that tweet, right, and I started talking to you, um, you mentioned the same thing to me, right? How um, like you hurt your head early in the year, and I didn't think much of this, um, but like I did think, oh, that's that's a strange coincidence, right? Um, <laughs> and it's a mystery injury, yeah, um, involving these these iOS developers. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and. Yeah, like it turns out that uh, yeah, what a small world that um, that that's um, that's how we started chatting, right? That um, yeah. 
Yeah, that, that was uh, unfortunately you that I listened to speaking about your experience <laughs> earlier in the year. But... <laughs> um, so coming back to, to focused work, I'm thinking, when, when, did you, when did you start laying down the groundwork for focused work? Like, when did you first sort of grab a pad or grab your iPad or whatever it was that you sketched ideas in, you know, got notes down? When, when was that? Was that about a year ago? Um, so that started earlier this year. Um, so it's a 2020 project. Yeah, it was. It actually um, came about because I, um, just before the pandemic had started, right, I'd been working from home for a good nine months at the time. And um, I was uh, I was working, I was hanging out on Discord with a mate from my co-working space. And um, we explored the, uh, the, the concept of... Uh, doing focused work, right? And blocking out distractions and whatnot, right? And he managed to, dis- he stumbled upon this Discord bot. Uh, it was a Pomodoro bot. Uh, well, like Pomodoro with air quotes around it. I just realized like I'm not on a video chat, so you didn't see that. <laughs> That's so good. Um, yeah, and um, the Pomodoro bot was pretty much you punching a, a command to say, uh, start working in five minutes, take a break in 15 minutes. Uh, start working again in half an hour, right? Um, and we, we started toying about with that. Um, and that was, uh, it was pretty fun to, I guess, like get into focus timers. And I'd, I'd loosely used Pomodoro timers in the past and they never worked for me. Um, I, I just found the whole 25 minutes work, five minutes break, 25 minutes work, and then repeat that a couple of times, just too short to get into a flow state. And um, yep. especially with like development work, I, I find that, um, you need like a good forty-five minutes to at least like get into the like, get into the swing of things, right? And um, and make some good progress. And <clears throat> I found that um, yeah, like with this Discord bot, because we could uh, enter in different timers at any at any point, right? Um, yeah, we we jumped on the whole forty-five minutes uh, working, then ten minutes break, forty-five minutes working, um, and. We'd sit on Discord in a video stream, so we, we'd see each other. It'd be like, it would be just as if we were uh, sitting at a table together pretty much, right? And like, uh, like we're hanging out, except he's at home and I'm at my house. And um, yeah. Lockdown style, just co-working, but remote. Yeah, yeah. And um, I eventually got sick of punching in these commands every single day, right? And uh, my mate's like, oh, why don't you just play around with the Discord bot? and um, I guess try and add in different uh, like recurring tasks and whatnot. And I looked at it, and I'm not that much of a scripter. Like I, I love, I love uh, building mobile apps and strictly that. <laughs> yeah, I just I just love to stick in the field that I'm really good at, you know. And um, I'm happy to branch out, but uh, scripting like I, I figured like instead of scripting, why why don't I just build an app around it, right? And at least I'd I'd be able to create an awesome experience that I could run off my phone and um yeah that that's where the basic concept for it started uh in terms of building an app for that idea like I've always wanted to build an app as I've said but um I've also wanted to explore uh the side of uh mobile development uh the, like the mobile marketing side of development uh namely ASO uh because I I I find that like an interesting sort of uh concept uh, sorry, I find that an interesting area to explore because yep. of uh, the impact it can have on clients, right? And um, I, know, I know that uh, like building app, building apps is one thing, right? Like at the end of the day, there's an end goal and you just move on to the next project. And um, I always found myself being more attached than what I should be uh, when it comes to building apps. And um, yeah, like with the with the ability to uh, work on my own app, right, and uh, teach myself ASO uh, to to um, get really good at it, right, and um, see how much I can move the needle for my own apps in the app store, right, is just like that. That, that that's just was that was something that I couldn't pass up, right, and yeah, um, yeah uh, building uh, building this app seemed like it was it would be a pathway that I could at least um, get my hands dirty once I had launched, right? But when it comes to building an app, right, once it's out on the store, it's amazing, right? But to actually get to that point, there's like so much work involved and 
Yeah. I, I, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, and I know with uh, with building focus work, I um, I wanted to get it right from the start, and but also build it through the validation of beta testers along the way because okay. I, I could go down my sort of warped vision of what I think makes a great app, right? But at the end of the day, um, it's going to be the users that really decide if it's a, a good app or not, right? And um, 100%. And, and I think by, by going that route, that's giving you that early feedback. It's giving you that, that kind of um, iteration to just sort of really get it, get it honed. Um, and I know that as being somebody who was on your your beta program and seeing the updates and seeing how things were sort of you know tweaking each time and sort of starting to come in, um, I saw some of that you know sort of third hand from from outside in. Um, so I, th- I think it'd be quite interesting actually just to sort of know like how did that go for you on on your side? You know, you you were putting these these builds out, you were getting this feedback on it. Uh, did you get anything that was kind of like, oh, I, I hadn't thought of that? Uh, honestly, I got a lot of feedback and a lot of it was amazing. Um, the most important thing I'd ever done was uh, sharing that initial tweet that um, once I was ready to release the closed beta to a small group of seven seven or so people, um, I put out a tweet where I, I, I remember adding... Uh, I think it was a four post thread with screenshots for each of it and the descriptions for each of those images uh, were had meaningful meaningful context to it. And um, I decided, like, why not share this? I mean, I, I could wait until it's all done, right? But why not yeah. start getting my feedback loop early on? Uh, like, it could it could work out or people... It could be amazing or it could just attract crickets, right? And, um, yeah, I shared that. And that that was, like, probably the single best thing that I'd done to sort of, like, really build momentum in in uh, having people reach out and share feedback with me because uh, I think it was over overnight. Um, like, I, I'm pretty sure I remember my Twitter account at the time. I think I only had, like, 100 and, 150 followers or something like that, right? So I knew yeah. that if I'd share something it wouldn't really like uh, generate that much of an impact, but uh, little did I know because I wasn't really a Twitter native up until that point that once people start liking it and retweeting it, right. Uh, it kind of, <laughs> kind of spreads around. Yeah, yeah. It definitely boosted. And um, yeah, I remember, like going to sleep and then waking up the next morning and like the Twitter uh, follower kind of jumped from like, yeah, 150 to almost 300. And um <laughs> I had all these DMs in my inbox that like people were saying, oh, this, this app is amazing. Um, I really, really want to try it out. Right. And I think, uh, what we've seen so far is just, uh, like you're on the right, you're on the right track with, um, building something meaningful. Right. And brilliant. So so you, you had that, that feedback, um, at what stage in the development is this sort of like halfway through? So, uh, when I first started building the app, right, I, I kept the journal log. So, um, I remember at this when the, when I shared this tweet, it was I think 134 days into it. So I'd been that's what four months, just over four months into uh, working on the app behind closed doors, right? And like I haven't spoken yeah. about it, uh, which is a bit silly in hindsight now because once now that I've launched, I, I just tell everyone um, you've got to start sharing and and talking about the app um, that you're working on, right? So so you feel like you could have done that uh, a little earlier. Yeah, I, I reckon so. And I don't know, like, if it would have been as effective because, uh, when it went, like, those early screenshots that I, sh- I shared of the app were pretty close to what it looked like in the end uh, when I launched um, another month later, right? But, um, like, uh, Dad said, like, the appeal, uh, the appeal from uh, that initial tweet was the clean design that I'd sort of, um, like, meticulously sort of uh, went with where I just wanted to keep the app as, uh, as native to the iOS experience. Like I had no interest in building a cross-platform app and, no. um, and sort of skinning it, uh, to make look good on both platforms. Right. Like I wanted to build something from the ground up that would look amazing, uh, on, on iPhones, iPads, and eventually I'd love to bring the app to the Mac as well via Catalyst. Um, Brilliant. 
But uh, yeah, at that point, um, yeah, mate, uh, I, I think I had read a lot of blog posts and listened to a lot of podca- podcasts at that point. Um, and n- there were people that like suggested to sort of share your app sooner than later, but there wasn't like a big emphasis on it. And that's why I was really hesitant to do it. And um, yeah, like I, I, I've, that day that I, I shared that post uh, with all the DMs that have came in, I, I've spoken, I spoke to at least like 50 people easily. And a lot of those people I'd, I've kept in contact with, with since that day. Um, yep. And that was just, um yeah that was that, that was a single defining factor that like i really need to keep pushing and um because of the pandemic um work was more quiet than usual uh which kind of sucked right but uh like the silver lining for it was that i had the chance to uh i guess go in deep and just focus on my app full time without any distractions and uh I, I know most people don't have that luxury to just go ham at something right um yeah because uh yeah like uh I guess as a freelancer, like I still got to find clients and um, like uh, I need to find clients. I need to close projects. uh, And yeah, that was just put on pause for a few months during the whole sort of like when the pandemic hit Australia and uh, everyone went into lockdown. And uh, I I did honestly, out of all that, that whole, that whole time of just smashing out my app over the course of three, four months is that I I realized how much I love being a hermit. Uh, (laughs) And just, yeah, I, I, it, it's strange because um, I was never like one for working from home, right? I used to hate it. Like my first stint working from home, um, I, I couldn't deal with just not talking to people and I was feeling lonely. And this was back yeah. back when I was working for a startup, right? And um, I had a lot of like pressure on me at the time. And um, after I left the startup, that's when I, yeah, worked. I started freelancing and working at a co-working space. And that was amazing being around people again. Um, after that, uh, that sort of era finished, uh, cause I was at a co-working space for a good three years, right? So I, ma- I made, made a lot of friendships and, uh, I learned a lot of life skills, but, um, being back at home again, uh, because I've, I've sort of set up, uh, uh, I guess an optimized environment that like I've learned from my mistakes of like how not to work from home and making sure I get it every day and like go for a, go for a half an hour walk, get my coffee um yeah. get some fresh All air very important things yeah really and, important. and um like just doing it regardless if it's if it's a sunny day if it's windy if it's raining like i still go out and do it because um that that's been uh that's been like a, a massive uh, shift for maintaining sanity every day yep. when i'm not actually around people uh like i, I still uh, I still like visit relatives and catch up with mates and stuff, right? And and my girlfriend, um, who's over like half the week at least, and uh, that's still good, right? But I mean, like nine till five during the day, like you're on your own, and it's um, a long stint if you've not got a plan. Yeah, and, and uh, working for yourself, uh, it, there's a there's definitely the the aspect of loneliness that comes into it, and you need to find out a way, I guess, to or I had to find out a way to to combat that, right? And and make sure that like I'm full of energy every day because uh, we only have so much willpower every day, right? And um, learning how to use that effectively uh, was really key to being able to work from home. And I've been working from home now for the last year and a half. So um, yeah, it, it would be great after the uh, after the lockdown ends um, and going back into co working spaces and catching up with people again, right? But uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah I kind of fell sure. into, I kind of fell into into a bit of a hermit hole at, at that uh, throughout that whole sort of <laughs> four month period. But you've come out with something really productive for it. So I mean, Focus Work had had quite a good launch as well, didn't it? You, you, um, I, I remember seeing you sort of going from these uh, beaters and putting stuff out on Twitter. Um, so then all of a sudden everything seems to sort of ramp up and you're like, no, 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 it's going to be released. And you had a release date and everything was, you know, there's going to be a launch. Um, so can, can you tell me a bit about your side of that? Like, how was that sort of putting together the launch and, and actually getting the app out into the world? Yeah, set, setting an end date to get it out there was really important. Um, I, I found that giving myself a deadline really helps with uh, accountability for all the other tasks that I needed to do leading up to that point. Um, so with leading up to the, so with, uh, I'll clarify more on the, on the beta testing stages. So 
um, I, I began with like a closed beta testing uh, with seven people. And <clears throat> after I shared that initial tweet, right, I created a, a Google Forms uh, page uh, that I asked people to leave their email addresses, right? And um, yep. uh, just to sort of uh, like, I, I didn't really entertain the fact of opening, uh, like just sharing a, a public test flight beta link, right? And And just having everyone jump on it at the same time and just sending me stuff and like uh, me, I guess, feeling overwhelmed with all that. Um, I think there's something of a bit of mystery as well. If you've gone, Hey, Hey, no, no, no. You've got to put your email address into yeah. this form and I'll, I'll let you know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Like I kind of felt that, like, I guess guilty for considering that. But um, I remember uh, during that four month stint before I released the, um, the public beta, right. Um and another indie uh, named Jordy Bruin, he put up a tweet that um, he shared his experience for his app, Sosi. I hope that's how you say it anyway. Um, he put it, he put out a tweet, right? And how he, um, he explained how he, he um, staged his beta testing process, right? And <clears throat> that involved uh, just letting people in over time, right? And I noticed in the language that he was using, is that he was being really open and transparent about the purpose of it. Uh, and with that form that I put up, right, I, I didn't ask for anything except an email address. Like, uh, I didn't, yep. uh, I wasn't interested in names or anything like that. Like, I have no sort of hidden agenda with marketing, like uh, just sharing email addresses. Just to send the test flight invite to later yeah. on. I, I yeah. just wanted people to, I guess, like, jump on the app right and 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 really give me their honest feedback for it and uh, i was able to stage that out over five periods um the first closed beta uh was yeah i added 12 people and then the next one was 28 people and um the final two stages were uh, 50 people a piece um that's brilliant that's, yeah. that's quite a lot of people yeah and this was over uh i think i think i did this over the space of a month so um adding when i got to the final two stages and i was adding um around 50 people uh yeah like i I was i had to um i expected people to reach out to me and uh, send me their thoughts right but i didn't want to i didn't want to just look at the feedback and just uh, i guess not disregard it but i mean like just look at it and kind of just give them a simple reply right i wanted to take the time to understand what they're saying and and really get their perspective and then reply to them in a meaningful manner um because that's how i was like that's how i figured i would be able to generate a meaningful conversation with them to really understand what it is that they want right because um sometimes people like tell you what they want right but um over text like back text-based communication especially right you could totally take things out of context so um, yeah for sure yeah so um yeah progressing that closed beta stage was super important and um eventually i got to the point where um after it was day 168 uh, i was ready to um i was ready to share a public beta tester link and um i was really confident with the optimizations that i made over that that closed beta period that um i reckon i just felt like within me that people were going to be really happy with um i guess that basic experience that i wanted the app to sort of um really help them just achieve the task of just focusing right uh i mean i, I probably haven't uh <laughs> really pitched like i guess what the app what the app does right but um like the sole premise for it is to help you uh focus and structure your time better right yep and um and and that that's done through um focus sessions that you can create and um these focus sessions can be uh, they, they consist of structured time blocks right uh and and the stages each each time block is a stage and um, a stage can be a focused work stage a, a break stage or a planning stage right and you can set like how many minutes um you want to uh how many minutes you want to do a focus session for right and um I actually remember uh, looking back at like the um, the market research I was doing when I first started building the app. Um, a lot of the focus timers were really restrictive on one set time configuration, especially the Pomodoro timers for obvious reasons. Because uh, like a Pomodoro timer is there for you to um, to help you keep on track with twenty five minutes work, five minute they break, twenty five really, minutes. Really, really inflexible. Yeah, a lot of these. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I noticed with all those apps as well as when I went into the settings screen to like change these values, I I could not believe like how long the list of configuration options there were, and I I knew straight away that like power users would love this, right? But um, if you're trying to I guess um, build a build a focused focus timer for for people that aren't too familiar with like the ins and outs of them, right? They'll they'll be super intimidated and yeah. It's, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of friction up front. Yeah, and I wasn't um I wasn't too happy with how some of these apps, I guess, would just paywall basic things that um that didn't really need to be paid paywalled. I guess like even just changing the structure of the timers, right? Um, some apps are asking for like a monthly subscription fee, which uh, I guess goes against my sort of perception of um how I think you should sort of charge. Uh, so it's quite aggressive, isn't it, to to have that straight out of the gate to to sort of be presented with with a paywall for every little thing. Yeah, I knew straight away that I wanted to uh, build an experience that would, if someone was to download the app and and use it right, um, they would be able to, I guess, gain so much value from it out of the out of the box without, um, I guess, being sort of uh, forced to pay an upfront fee right um yeah just for the the sake of it um like i, I wanted to um i remember curtis herbert had mentioned this in the past podcast and i i'm, I'm definitely going to butcher his quote but that's the developer of slopes isn't it yes yeah it is um I, i'm not i'm not a uh a skier but i love what he's done though and i guess like the sort of language he's used to promote his app and and talk about it right it was, it was it's definitely a source of inspiration for me and um, I remember the the quote that I heard him mention in another podcast was, "I want people to be able to use the app for free and grow with it, and hopefully eventually want to pay for it." And once I heard that, like I wrote that down straight away, and and I just looked at everything that I wanted to sort of bake into the app. That's really inspirational. That quote. Yeah, and um, it, it really was, and it really helped me sort of segment what would be useful to sort of help people build a, a sustainable habit uh, with uh, doing focus work. Um, and I also decide what else um, I would, uh, I could sort of uh, implement to, to improve on that experience, like with extra add-ons pretty much. Right. So um, that, that was uh, once I'd sort of like separated, like what I want, what I once I separated how I want to sort of knock this out of the park, right, and and launch with like a core feature set that would like help people help people um, focus um, a lot easier um, and really like uh, encourage them to get them to a flow state. Um, everything else on top of that, such as like the toggle integration and um, uh, initially anyway, and uh, later on like. Uh, I have plans to integrate like automation support as well with shortcuts, and so you could just like talk to Siri and just ask uh, to start a to start a session, right? And yeah, um, yeah like uh, I think that would be really awesome. But um, that that's what I would sort of like consider is like uh, something for like the pro users, right? And um, I I didn't build this app to sort of like make a quick buck out of it, right? I really wanted to like build a core product that um, was was really valuable and meaningful to the people that use it from the get-go and um the uh and that's why i kept the um the sort of uh the 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 payment tiers for it really simple how i offer like a yearly um a yearly uh subscription or all the choice of a lifetime purchase as well right um oh that's cool yeah depending on what like what what uh like how you, I guess, yeah, depending on what you prefer, uh, in in terms of whether you like paying for app subscriptions or you just prefer the one-off purchase, right? Because yeah, I want I, like it, it's all designed to sort of uh, support the product in the long run, right? More more or less than me sort of trying to drive a profit because I, I'm doing this just because I love doing it and I've always wanted to put my own stamp on what makes a good app. Um, and hopefully I can do this in the long run, and I think I will be able to with focus work. So. I'm assuming your launch went really well. It certainly looked like it. It was a really good launch, um, outside looking in at the time. Yeah, um, 
so uh yeah the 8th of september was the day that i launched right and um i launched on product hunt i shared it on twitter uh, i also shared it on uh the apple subreddit and um my facebook friends and linkedin as well right and um <laughs> awesome. the, yeah like i kind of like hit a whole uh, like a whole bunch of areas at the one time but the big focus for me was product hunt because um i have had received like i had a lot of people reach out to me and sort of give me their spiel and uh, why it's so important to to launch on there, right? I wasn't a big product hunt user beforehand, but now that I, I sort of get an understanding of um, h- how many exciting new products launch on there, right, every single day, um, I, I figured that if someone was interested in uh, productivity focus timers, right, uh, that, would, that would be a great spot to sort of um, share what my app's about, right? And if people like it, um, they can leave me an upvote, leave, leave a comment. Uh, and, and that was pretty successful for me in the sense that, um, I think the app ranked eighth for the day. Uh, that's and, really good. And, and I was looking through the stats as well that, that came through, um, because I linked my, um, I linked my, uh, the landing page for the app to it. Right. And I could sort of see like how much traffic came through it. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I, so outside of like the eighth ranking, I think it got, 150 around around about 150 up upvotes for the day which is pretty good um that means like 150 people like your product right so yeah that, 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 that put a big smile on my face for that um and yeah i had uh, three people uh sign up for a yearly subscription and 27 people purchased lifetime as well on that day so i was pretty stoked when that like after that initial 24 hour period uh ended right um just just knowing that like and understanding that um, people really enjoy the value that the app offers um, really motivates me to sort of just keep pushing forward, right? So you found Product Hunt was, was a good place. You put it out to all of these these other places as well. And I'm curious because I always love to know the numbers on these kind of things. And you may or may not want to share some of the financials, but... Um, can you give me a gauge of kind of how successful that, that launch was? Um, yeah, sure. I, um, so yeah, from the, the three, uh, yearly subs and the 27 lifetime purchases, right. It was a total of 840 installs in the first day, uh, which generated $580, um, pre Apple tax us dollars. That is. Um, yep. and then, yeah, uh, that, that's for day one, right? And I kept an eye on the stats, stats for the second day and the installs grew, uh, from 840 to 1200. Um, and then yeah, revenue went from 580 to 830, um, the next day. And that, that was uh, like well beyond what I thought would sort of like happen, I guess, for the app. Um, yep. that's, and, that's a very good start. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to like launching apps, right? It's well, once once you launch it, that that's just the beginning of it. Um, uh, it's great to I guess take a moment to stop and celebrate like the achievement for your hard work, right? But um, it, and like maintaining an app is is an ongoing effort, right? And this is something that I really want to like continue on throughout the rest of this year, next year, and then um, I guess yeah, see how um see how things are at in two years time right like because i really want to grow it and um i, I would love to uh, continue adding in more ios uh, related integrations into the app just to adopt the platform features um and yeah i uh, just just improve the flexibility uh people will be able to i guess get from using it because everyone everyone uses apps in a different way right and it was really important to I guess, um, yeah, develop the experience in a way that like you could use the app and like just structure it depending on how you want to sort of like how you how you operate, right? Um, yep. And and that that comes that that begins at the uh, the focus sessions that you create, right? And um, ends at like the customization for each of those uh, focus sessions. And I want to go down the rabbit hole with that as well, and like offering like different sounds for different stages and like. Uh, different shortcuts automations like i think that would be um like a fantastic addition that uh like once you start a focus session the app could sort of uh speak to shortcuts and uh trigger all these other things like even simple things like do not disturb right um because you want to focus like when you want to focus you you don't want to be disturbed right so 
that's an obvious one and um i can't wait to add shortcut support just to like purely get that that single feature in so yep. i don't have to like pull down control center from the top corner and then tap on do not disturb and then every time i go on break i have to tap on that again to like disable it and you know do that every single time sounds like that'll be uh scratching your own itch there as well yeah um, which is always yeah. a good thing always a good thing to have um that's yeah. awesome that, that that sounds like you've gone from having this um this pandemic project that's then you know took on this momentum you've had this this fantastic launch um and i think you've just shared with me here like it's it's definitely got a direction that you want to take this in um across the next year or two as well so yeah that's, like- that's just really fantastic to hear it was it was really important uh in the early stages of working on the app um i set up a notion document for myself and i laid out all these different sections that i'd sort of uh i could i could leverage it as my second brain because when you're thinking of ideas right um if you don't write it down it'll be gone from your head in 10 minutes later right um yeah so i made sure that i'd, I'd set up like a like a template framework for myself that um i could i could use to write uh, write down my daily, daily journal log, um, like an, an area for brain dumping, a launch plan, I guess, um, any like sort of notes and suggestions for marketing, development, bugs. Um, that was, uh, I guess, really helpful for me to sort of clear my head every single day because um, I, I, I wanted to be able to go down a rabbit hole with certain things, right? And then once I complete building something, I could sort of like, take a step back right and then just review everything because it's all organized um that was that was really really yeah really helpful and um i i also uh, need to make note as well of the journal log um i made a pact with myself that when i first started working on the app um i wanted to just write down my experience going from start to finish right and and i guess like anything that happens after that um and after I, I launched right, I wanted to like go back and reflect on like what were the things that really made a difference, I guess. And yeah. I guess pull those points out and um yeah, I really want to write about that as well. And I've started doing that uh in a few in a few uh blog posts um under the title of launching in India. And um yeah, I I've 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 consumed so much uh podcasts and blog uh material from other indies out there that like that's like having like collecting all my thoughts and just sharing them back out sharing with them with everyone is the least i can do to i guess give back to the community and um yeah like hopefully inspire other indies that were in the same position that i was at the beginning of the year right and i guess encourage them to take the step right and just build out um build out their idea and um yeah just take notes on everything along the way and to share your experience, keep giving back because um, someone else is going to learn from uh, either one of your mistakes or like something that um, I guess like like your challenges, right? And your trials and your tribulations. Like it doesn't have to be all about like fixing bugs and how hard it was working on a feature, but more or less um, like how 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 um, how well like was I personally able to deal with the emotions of um, receiving all these beta testing feedback right and i guess processing them mentally and um how i sort of dealt with that because like those are the kind of things that uh i guess aren't really talked about and i I hope to share they're not and i think people forget about them quickly as well i I think if if you don't capture them and don't make notes i think it's very easy to to forget what it was like in the moment yeah that's that's so true and um yeah remembering those things and then um and sharing them with others is just like you don't like like people talk about the stuff at meetups and stuff and um that's that's awesome i guess in the fact that uh the person up on stage right is able to give off their energy and really encourage people to uh to build their own things right but um it's quite limited though um versus being able to to put something together like like you've done that you're working on Um, yeah that you can share with everybody all around the world. Yeah. And, and just the thought of that is just really exciting because <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm in my late twenties now. Right. And uh, I, I still haven't left the country. So like, I've got no idea what it's like going to any of the big developer conferences overseas. And that's something I'd love to do one day. And unfortunately because of the pandemic, I don't 
I, I think, yeah, I won't be able to consider that for at least another year. At yeah. least, like maybe a year or two, right? So, um, yeah, WWDC next year or the year after is probably right off for that, right? But yeah, um, I'd, I'd have said so. Yeah, and um, just being able to have that sort of uh, impact on people around the world and like uh, being able to share that energy with them, uh, even if I can't make it across the world, is is definitely worth doing. And yeah, I, I just love sharing um, and writing, and yeah, we'll definitely link um all of that in in the show notes uh so people can find your your blog um and everything else uh with with this episode that's awesome yeah yeah i i, f- I feel like the um with uh the the blog post that i'm writing now i guess for my journal log like i'm up to day 250 or something right so um there's a lot more parts that come and I, i'm so excited just to to share all the little tidbits that that I've encountered because I, I know people will find um, uh, meaningful value out of out of these little like uh, little things that I found and hopefully they could um, yeah leverage them and um, use it in the products that they build as well. That'd be awesome feeling. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, Michael. Um, before we go, where is the best place for people to find you online? Uh, that'll be on Twitter, Michael underscore Tegas. Um, I'm always up for a chat and I always try to make an effort when people follow me um, and I um, yeah try to follow back and start the conversation right um, because I just love talking and um, yeah seeing what other people are up to as well so yeah I'm always up for a nice chat <laughs>